The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Chris Marwitz. I'm on today with our other host, Mark Slauson. How are you doing today, Mark? I'm doing great. Great to be here. Yeah, there was a lot of good things that happened this past week. Oh, big time over the weekend, and lots of sports, oh, yeah. a lot of lot of football going on, and a lot of interesting yeah. things that took place. Oh, definitely, absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot to lot to talk about. Look forward to digging oh. in. And speaking of that, so today's guest is none other than Jerry Robinson. He's a former linebacker of the Philadelphia Eagles and the LA Raiders. How are you doing today, Jerry? You know what? It sounds like I'm doing a little bit better than you are, but I got a hand to you. You didn't go on IR. You toughened it out. You, 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 you're not going to let them stop you from doing your show, Chris. I'm doing pretty you know, good. <laughs> as, as the postman says, no rain, no sleet, you know, no fog at night, all that stuff. I'm, I'm here. I'm here. That's what I'm talking so. about. That, that, you know what? That's, that's what a teammate's for. You know what? You're the type, I'm telling you, you're the type of person that, that you want on your team, and I'm glad to be part of this today. Oh, well, it's it's always great to have you on, Jerry. So okay. I want to start off, um, since you were a former member of the L.A. Raiders, and uh-huh. um, as everyone knows, that uh, the Rams are going to be moving into L.A. to become, again, you know, the L.A. Rams. Um, and, and then the possibility down the road of maybe the Chargers moving there, and if they just decline, then maybe the Raiders may be moved back. So my question to you, as a former player and being there with all this, you know, what do you think about this move and the possibility of, of everything happening? Well, it's been quite interesting. I, I, I'm just so glad that there's football back in Los Angeles because I always thought that it was Los Angeles, the, the, the football fans there, and they have great football fans. They have, they have so much to do. you got football, basketball, baseball, you got Hollywood. But when it came to football, there were also great football fans, and it was taken away from them for so many years. And they've always, in my opinion, they've always used a relocation or a move or a new team in L.A. as a bargaining chip for the other owners or, you know, just to either, uh, because everybody shares the same money. Not shares, they split that pool. You know, like I said, there's a $550 relocation fee. Well, all the owners get a piece of this, okay? And when you start talking about, Moving the team in the in 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 the Los Angeles and things get all sh- shaken up and people get excited and I learned after maybe four or five years of all that mess don't get too excited until it happens. I'm really thrilled that the Rams are in Los Angeles. I really feel horrible for the fans of St. Louis because um, you know the Raiders were here in Oakland and they shot out of there and went to L.A. and then you know since they've been back and I go to all the games 
uh, the, the Raider games, and you get a chance to hear and, and feel what the people feel, you know, feel like. And a lot of people are still upset, believe it or not, from the first time when the Raiders moved from Oakland to L.A. So they're glad they're back. They lost a lot of fans. Not a lot, but quite a few went over to San Francisco. But it's, it's a tough thing. So I feel for you know, the Rams fans. But you know what? When I played for the Philadelphia Eagles, it was the St. Louis Cardinals. Okay, so <laughs> St. Louis no longer the Cardinals there in Arizona, so I'm used to to the moving around. But as far as the deal went down, I'm happy for the Rams. Uh, Mr. Gronky, uh, uh, however you pronounce his name. How do you pronounce his name? Gronky. Uh, yeah. Gronky. Okay, cool. Across you know what? It's Gronky. like when you have that kind of money, when you don't need anybody's help, we don't, you know, there there would be no excuses or no reasons. The city does I don't need your help. The city doesn't need your help. They don't need the help from the city. They don't need taxpayers' money. My man's got... He's got billions of dollars, so therefore he has that 300 acres. I don't need anybody to loan me some land or lease me some land. It's mine. I'll pay for this building to be built. Well, how are you going to say no to something like that? I understand that. Now, unfortunately, the Chargers, you know, their stadium is just as old as the as a, as a Raiders stadium. And nowadays, you, in order to be competitive, you may not think about it in this way, but I think this way. You have to have an up-to-date or, 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 or a nice facility so you can, let's just call it, entertain free agents or recruit free agents to come to your place because everybody is in, 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 in these billion-dollar stadiums, and you don't want to go to a stadium that was built back in 1960 that's falling apart. you got sewage problems. you got, you know, the surrounding neighborhoods aren't good. So the Chargers and the Raiders wanted to make a move, and... The way it stands, Rams are in uh, Inglewood. The, I guess the Chargers are, well, I know, the Chargers are the first ones to have the right to come in there whether they can lease it from the Rams or they can be partners with the Rams. And the Raiders are sitting at number three. If you go back and look, or you YouTube or whatever, look at the day that that announcement was made. When they were up there on the podium, Mr. Gronke, he spoke first. Well, Commissioner, then, then the Rams, and then came Spanos. Uh, then came Mark Davis. First thing Mark said, this is not a win for Raider Nation. That's the first thing he said. He answered a couple questions, and he stepped off to the side. Rams came back up there. The owner came back up. Well, it was a, it was a, it was a question and answer period for all three of the owners, but the majority of the questions went to the Rams. If you look over to your right, you'll see Mark Davis, the look on his face. He turned to uh, Mr. Spanos, Says something to him, Mark just walked right off the stage. Spanos fall right behind him. So Mark's very disappointed, um, you know, because right now the Raiders, they don't, I mean, they have a building to call them, but they don't have a lease agreement. So Mark is upset about it, and I'm sure he's probably upset at the fact that he's number three on the, he's the, he's the second person on the list to uh, have an opportunity to move back to L.A. if they have the opportunity. So bottom line, I'm glad there's football back in, in, in Los Angeles, but, the, but, but what people need to understand, it doesn't matter what you build, how big a building you build, how many billions of dollars you put in it. If you don't have a winning team and if your product is not very good, that building and that facility, at some point in L.A., they will stop showing up. And that's you know, I feel the biggest concern for the Rams right now because they need to put together a better football team. Yeah, Jerry, and, and I kind of want to 
jump on that a little bit. You know, I, I grew up in Southern California myself. Um, so I was there when, when you know, the, the whole Raider, uh, when they came down from Oakland to, to move to L.A. And at that time, you know, there was, you know how California is. I mean, there's a lot of people from a lot of different places, and particularly Northern Southern California. You know, there's a lot of people that, you know, grew up in L.A. and then moved out to the Bay Area and back and forth and back and forth. So, you know, back in, uh, I can't remember what year exactly it was when the Raiders moved back to L.A., but there was already a kind of a a base of Raider fans living in Southern California. And I think that that kind of helped to, you know, help the transition and, and help make the Raiders successful in L.A. Um, you know, now that the, the Rams are coming back, and, you know, I mean, basically – the Rams have kind of skipped an entire generation of fans, you know. Um, yep. I mean, moving in, in the mid-'90s, you know, I don't know how many of those fans have held on and, and claimed the the Rams as their team. Do you think that, uh, you know, the, the, the Rams are going to just immediately get support from, from, uh, from the L.A. fans, or do you think that's going to be something that's tough to come by? You know, Mark, that's very interesting. That's a very interesting question. I would think that just the fact that there's the excitement, all of this excitement over a new team. Not well, the Rams are back; they're coming back home. That in itself, and you know how Los Angeles is. I mean, as far as promoting and and, and building up things, I mean, this, this is going to be the biggest thing since you know since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Skyhook, <laughs> you know. Uh, coming back, and I think that the people they'll, they'll be there. They'll, they'll, they will be there because they they're seriously. There are some diehard Ram fans there. That are people just like when we were in Los Angeles. People would fly from Oakland to L.A. And I'm yeah. telling you right now, before the season, football season was over in Oakland, like three weeks prior to that, so many people were sharing with me that they hope that the Raiders don't leave and go to L.A. But if they do. They'll just can, they'll just do what they did the last time. So there's a following. The Rams fans, like you said, they skipped a generation, you know. But I do think that the, the, the excitement and, and everything with, with with the Rams coming home, uh, I think they'll support them. They'll support them. I'll just support them off the bat. That's why I'm yeah. saying if that product, if they don't win, you the fans in L.A. They got other things that they could do. There's other things right. that they can do, and they will not show up. And uh, that's that's my biggest concern for yeah. the Rams. You know, and I can kind of see, like, initially, you know, that first season when they're going to be playing at the Coliseum. I mean, I think that there's going to be a little bit of a buzz, you know, the first couple of games and everything. But, I mean, you're right. If they And they're in a tough division, too, you know, they're with, with the Cardinals and, and, the, and the Seahawks. Um so yeah, they uh, you know they're definitely going to have to to upgrade their, their team and and you know I think they'll get another bump of course when they move into the stadium and like you said I mean it's going to be a state of the art facility and you know people are going to want to go just to, to to say that they went and to to check the stadium out kind of like they do in, in Dallas you know with their state of the art uh, facility there but uh, yeah I don't know it, it, the Rams have been such kind of a just a mediocre franchise for the past 10 years you know there just hasn't been i mean ever since you know the kurt warner days the you know greatest show on turf i mean after that uh subsided they've just really been so mediocre and just a little bit under 500 every year and kind of you know they're never on any of the prime time uh 
games or anything like that. I mean, you barely see them unless you're, you know, kind of hunting them out. Um, so yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, the, how the fans react and, and, uh, again, you know, it's all going to come down to, uh, the, the product on the field. Like you said, I mean, uh, they're going to need to get a quarterback in there and, and, uh, you know, create some buzz, uh, cause, uh, it, I could see some of that stuff dissipating and, and, uh, just kind of fading into the, to the late yeah. days when the Rams were there, you know, the, when they were playing in Anaheim, that, uh, before they left, ultimately at the end of their run there, um, it, it was, there was a lot of indifference, uh, with the fans there, uh, in Southern California. And I, I don't know. We'll see. It, it'll, it's, it's going to be fun to, it'll be a good storyline. And, uh, I, I just, I just hope that they can, you know, get a good team on the field to, to, to make the story complete. Yeah, that, that, that's so great. That's, that's very true. So, so far the show is off to a great start. We're going to have to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to start talking about some of the division games this past weekend and then move on to the conference championship. So we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Surfing is taking the world by storm. It's not just the sport itself, but the culture that surrounds it. From music to fashion, art and competition, Surf Talk Show is the place that will showcase it all. Your hosts are JJ and the Doctor, two surfing enthusiasts who have lived and traveled the lifestyle and culture. They'll bring you the knowledge and the entertainment that will keep you riding the wave. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. on the West Coast, 2 p.m. on the East Coast on Voice America Sports. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. 
This is your host, Chris Marwitz. I'm here today, and we have our, our other host. We have Mark Lawson. So, Mark, so far it's been a great show. We've been talking a little bit about football, and we're going to continue on. Perfect. So, our guest today is Jerry Robinson. Again, former NFL player. You know, he's been with the Philadelphia Eagles and the LA, LA Raiders. And over break, um, so, Jerry, you just brought up something that was pretty pretty amazing. Um, and I, I want to let our listeners know, you okay. so the, the Pac-12 unveiled their football all-century team. And you yeah. were one of the 50 greatest to be on that team. Congratulations. Thank you. Hey, hey thank you very much. You know, that that's huge. I'm 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 honored to be, you know, to talking with you. Hey, Chris, you know what? It was it was a huge honor for me. And when I stopped and thought about it, I said, 100 years of Pac-12 football, and there's only 50 guys on this roster. And I was voted by the voting took place a panel of former ball players, former coaches, uh, some media outlets, and this and that, and. To be voted on by your peers and, and, and that kind of stuff really meant a whole lot to me. And, you know, if you guys don't mind, I just want to share a couple of things with you. Uh, John Elway was the uh, offensive player of the century. Ronnie Lott was the defensive player of the century. And on that quarterback list, it was John Elway, Mariota, Jim Plunkett, Andrew Luck, you know, Matt Leinart, and then you got Marcus Allen, O.J. Simpson, Charles White, Reggie Bush, Mike Garrett, you know, Junior Seau, uh, myself, uh, uh, Teddy Bruschi, just a bunch of different people. And we had what happened was when they announced it December the 1st, which was cool, they did it on TV so people can find it if they want to Google it, but they actually they, they presented the all-century team for the guys that could make it at the Pac-12 championship game, Stanford against USC. And it was just so awesome. I hadn't seen Marcus Allen in so long. It was great to see him. And then my man, Ronnie Lott, you know, when I saw Ronnie, I just went up to him and gave him a hug. And we just... You know, I got a picture of it. I might just send it to you. Just We just embraced each other for so long. You know, I said, well, I love you. He said, JR, I love you too. And it was just good to be there with with, with these, these these people plucking. I saw L when I told L I wanted to hit him anyway, and I just couldn't help myself. He started laughing about it, but he just didn't know how serious I was about it. <laughs> you know, and then Reggie Bush. So it was a great honor. It, it, it was awesome. And um, thank you very much. And uh, I appreciate it. And it's just it means a lot to me, you know. I didn't, you know, just when you think you're, you know, you're out of the game for a while and, and everything else is over, this, this this happened to me. So I'm still floating a little bit on this. So anyway, we can move on with the show. <laughs> wow, and Jerry, I mean, some of those names that you mentioned just uh, just are just all time great Hall of Famer types. I mean, I think you could probably make an argument that the uh, Pac-12 has the, you know, if you put the top hundred players from any conference. Up against each other, I think uh, I think the Pac-12 would fare very well in, in any kind of comparison there. So do I, man. I mean, like I said, you got Ronnie Lott, King Easy, Troy Palable, you know, Troy, and ah, man, there's a, there's a great group of guys here, man. There are several of the All Century Pac-12 team guys that are actually in the Pro Football Hall of Fame too. So you know, it's a, it meant a lot to me, and it's one of those things that uh, you know that that my family and my ex-teammates and, and friends and coaches can all share in it because everybody had part had a part in it. So it was a big time, a big moment, and and I'm very grateful for it. Very cool. That's awesome, man. 
It's de- definitely something to, to be proud of, you know. Okay. Definitely All right. So here we go. We got some football this weekend. Is that what you're talking about, Chris? <laughs> well, actually, we're going to talk about last week a little bit before we move okay. on to, to this coming weekend. So um, just want to kind of reminisce. Um, so let, let's, let's just talk a little bit about what happened and what, what, what you saw. Um, so the Chiefs versus Patriots. Let's talk a little bit about that game. My take from the from the the Patriots is that you know the way their season regular season was ending was nothing like the way they started. You know Brady's on a mission to prove everybody wrong. He's pissed off. He was accused of something. He you know he got out of that. Everything was good. So he was mad at the world. And then they were a little different towards the end due to injuries. That's really what it was due to. And it just did not look like the same team. And a lot of people had doubts about it because his offensive line, he had this, that, hurt. And what I took from that game was Bill Belichick is one of the greatest coaches to ever coach any kind of football, especially pro football. I mean, he was able to take that offensive line and their game plan that they put together, you know, okay, so we're a little dinged up. we got some people coming back, but tell you what we're going to do. We're not going to give your, your, your notoriously, you know, violent, destructive pass rush people to get to Brady. We're going to cut these steps down. We're going to make these passes shorter and this and that. What a great game plan. He didn't give him an opportunity to get to Brady. And I just, I admire, and then all of a sudden, this is the other part about the England Patriots. Oh, my goodness gracious. I thought Gronkowski was going to have to go to the Mayo Clinic in, in, in Arizona because all the different things they said that was wrong with him. And next thing you know, my man's up there catching a couple of touchdown fast. It's just amazing what the, what, what, what the England pages are able to do. If you give Bill Belichick time, he will find what your weakness is and exploit it. As simple as that. Because you, you, you can't predict what the, what the, what the England Patriots are going to do. And i got to say this. There's a lot of people that, that don't like Tom Brady. That they, they hate Brady. Brady is one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. Okay? And that's, that's hard for me to say from the Raiders' side of this, but from my eyesight and what I know and his statistics and his, and his Super Bowl record, you know, he is one of the best quarterbacks in the, in the business. And what the New England Patriots were able to do against Kansas City, wasn't it in Kansas City? Yes, it was in Kansas City. I mean, and wasn't it in Kansas City? No, it was, in, it was in Foxborough. Oh, it was in Foxborough. Okay, it was, yeah. cold is cold to me, man. All I know is that, yeah, you're right, it was in Foxborough. But I, just, I was really impressed with what the Patriots were able to do. You almost had me convinced there. And, yeah, you know what, Jerry, too, uh, it's just amazing how much, how much better that offense and the offensive line and everybody functions mm-hmm. when, when you have a healthy uh, Julian Edelman and Gronkowski. Yep. I mean, it's just those guys, it just seems like you can't cover them. And, uh, I mean, they didn't even really attempt to run the ball in that game. I mean, mm-hmm. I think they had, like, 50 yards rushing the entire game. And, and, uh, and, and, I mean, Mark, you know, think about defense. this, though, what you just said. They, really did, they went in there. They weren't even going to run the ball. But here we go. No. Who would think that you were going to have a passing, passing game against one of the best defensive lines in the business, right? Exactly. And, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, and I mean, honestly, like, that, that's the crazy thing, Jerry. Like, this week against the Broncos, you know, they may decide that, Ah, we're going to try to run the ball. <laughs> you know, I mean, you just never yeah, you know. Never know, what you, know you never know what he's going to do. But if, whatever he decides to do, whether it's pass or run, is going to be attacking the weakest part of it. Whatever it is, he's, he's going to take advantage of it. I'm just, I'm just amazed at it. 
Absolutely. And Kansas City, I mean, what a great story that they were, you know, coming, uh, just finishing the season so strong after, after being left for dead uh, at the beginning of the year. And uh, great job by Andy Reid. I mean, that was just uh, that was a fun team to follow. And just, you know, you just kind of thought, the, uh, you know, the other shoe was going to drop there and, and that they were, you know, just going to kind of come back down to earth at some point of the season. But, man, they just played so strong really got stronger as the year went on and kind of peaked at the end there. And I mean, they gave the, the Patriots a run for their money. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, uh, it's so tough to win in Foxborough this time of year. And uh, it was a great game to watch. And uh, yeah, not surprised at all that the Patriots pulled that one out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, you, you know, you're right on about the next that. one. Packers versus Cardinals. <laughs> Go ahead, Mark. <laughs> Uh, that was um, that was a weird game. That was uh, it seemed like the Cardinals were just shooting themselves in the foot the entire game, and uh, you know Carson Palmer seemed just to, to be off all game. He was just throwing some really bad passes. I know he, they're talking about him maybe having an issue with his finger and not being able to grip the ball quite right. Kind of looked that way. He kept overthrowing people and just really making kind of. Um, kind of bonehead decisions for, for him. You know, he's a yeah. he's had such a great season. And, uh, you know, the the, or the Packers were just so banged up. I mean, their, you know, their two leading receivers were Abadaris and uh, Janice. I mean, who would have thought that? I mean, I think those guys had like 10 combined receptions going into that game. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers just played, uh, he played pretty well. And, and uh, you know, he kept him, kept him in the game and, um you know, they, uh, oh, oh, God, that's right. It's the very end of the regulation. That was just so crazy, the, the um, little mini Hail Mary there um, yep. to, to tie Randall, the game yeah. up. And, God, this, this, the overtime, it was, uh, I don't know. I, well, I lost Jerry about that, but I'm not really uh, a, a fan of the current overtime system. I know they try to try to limit the amount of time that uh, players spend on the field, and I think maybe something to do with the Players Association, you know, just trying to, you know, not have these drag-out, long overtime games where guys are risking injury. Um, but, uh, yeah, just to, you know, just to have kind of a, just kind of a broken play, you know, Larry Fitzgerald, and he, you know, breaks it for 75 yards, and then, uh, you know, next play, it's just like, bam, game over. And you don't even get to see Aaron Rodgers on the on the field. That's a tough way to lose a playoff game. And I mean, obviously, you know, you got to stop them and 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 all that. But uh, uh, it just seems to me like they need to tweak that again because uh, I don't know. I just uh, I, I think that the you know it, it would have made for a much better game had the Packers had a chance to to uh, yeah. uh, to, to to answer that uh, touchdown score. I agree with you a lot, especially with that right there, because to make it fair, as far as I'm going to make it even give give equal opportunity. Let's go. Hey, you got to. That's, that's the way I, I feel it should be. I, I really do. And if you're on the other end, if you're the Packers, and if you're like, you know, you got a bad taste in your mouth. I mean, you're angry because you know you didn't even get a chance to. You didn't get a chance. But, you know, this thing with uh, uh, Carson Palmer, man, you may remember this. Now, this is Carson's, what, first playoff game? Uh, well, he got hurt against the uh, 
Steelers a while back. But I think Carson was a little jittery, man, and I understand that. I really do. But, you know, let us not forget what a hell of a year Carson Palmer has already had. And I just think that it was just unfamiliar territory that they were in. And, you know, right now they're thinking about I'd rather be lucky than good, and that's what happened. And, you know, that's all all that matters. Just let it go. And they were lucky to get out of that. Uh, But, you know, somebody had to win, somebody had to lose. But Aaron Rodgers just been Aaron. You know, it's, it's just amazing, man. I don't know. It's like I remember back in the day when I uh, when I came to the Raiders in 1985, and I remember playing against John Elway my first time. And, you know, I was told, I said, you know what? It's never If he has the ball in his hand, it's never over until the clock says zero, 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 zero. And that's what it's like with Aaron Rodgers, man. And that makes it exciting for football. And, and as a defensive person, you're like, okay, man, you get a little jittery because you know he's pulled the hat, the the, the, the rabbit out of the hat a few times. So it it, it it messes with you a little bit. But, you know, back to that the, the situation with the overtime, I just think you should have a, give everybody a fair opportunity, man. And that way, you know, nobody will have anything, anything to gripe about. Yeah, that, that's very true. So we're going to have to take a break. We come back, we got two more games to talk about, and then we got this coming weekend's games. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is your host, Chris Marwitz, and we have with us Mark Slauson, our, our host, Mark, we've been talking really good things about football, and we have yep. with us again Jerry Robinson. Yeah, and, and Jerry, one thing I, I I have to say is, 
you are so humble. You know, for someone that, that's, that's been, been there a lot, done a lot, um, accomplished a lot, you are so humble. So I, I really respect you for that. Well, thank you. I learned that from my mama. <laughs> well, nice. You could, we could all thank her for that. So, okay. Hey, hey Chris, I wanted to finish up a thought really quick sure. from, from the last uh, we were talking about. And, and, Jerry, I think you made a great point uh, with, with Carson Palmer. And, and it's kind of funny because, you know, before we had uh, before we had Andy Dalton, you know, we had Carson Palmer, you know, um, <laughs> kind of a regular season, you know, just dominant in the regular season, you know, when, when he, especially when he was with the Bengals. And, uh, yeah, he, so he finally gets to, to break through um, and win a playoff game. And you'd think that uh, he'd be in a pretty good – frame mentally, but, you know, the other thing is he just didn't play all that great. So, I mean, what do you think his, his mindset's going to be? Do you think he's going to feel the relief from uh, from winning that game and, and just kind of be able to play yep. um, like he does in the regular season, or do you think he's yep. going to kind of look back and say, Hey, Mark, hmm. you know what? You hit, it, you hit it right on the head, man. He got this out of the way, man. He's lucky that he got this out of the way and they did not lose. He would have had a horrible offseason. Right now, you know, since that game's been over, he's taking his hand and, 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 and wiped it across his forehead and said, Whew. because I think we're going to see a totally different. We're going to see the Carson Palmer that, that we've been seeing all year long. This was just a hurdle that he had to get over, man. Just like the Cincinnati yeah. Bengals, they can't get over their hurdle. Look at this situation. They still can't get over it, even though it was ridiculous this past season, the last playoff, you know, the last game that they were in. But still, Carson is just—it's one of those things he had to get over, man. And you know what? Thank God he got—he got over it playing the way he played. You know? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it'll be. I hope. I hope. We, you know what? We are entitled to seeing the best play, and Carson Palmer is one of the best in the business right now. And I hope he performs up to his capabilities because watching him and in that, in that offense of his is something to see. It really is. I mean, what we saw last week, that's not the same dude we've been seeing all year long. Yeah, true. So let's move on to the next game. Seahawks versus the Panthers. Oh, my God. This game right <laughs> here. I, sorry, y'all. This, this game cracks me up. I'm like, I turn on the game. I'm starting to watch the game, and boom, before I know it, there's Luke to taking one back to the house. When I saw mm-hmm. what the Panthers did to the Seattle Seahawks in the first half, let me tell you what crossed my mind before halftime. I said, I hope that the guys on the Panthers don't start thinking about what everybody else might be thinking like a letdown or a comeback. Because once you start thinking about it, the next thing you know, things start happening. And sure enough, they come back from halftime, and the Seattle Seahawks said, okay, enough's enough. And, you know, when, you, when, you, when you're playing just to win, you know what I mean, sometimes things can happen to you and you'll regret it. You know, you start playing a little, you start playing a game plan a little differently and you start doing this and doing that. No. The Panthers, I'm sure they learned that, you know what, we were able to get out of this thing alive, and we should because we're a better football team. We're 15-1 and one or whatever it is, 15-1, whatever it is. And the next opportunity that they have, which is coming up, which is coming up this weekend, when you have somebody down like that, 
That's when you need to know how to put the pedal to the metal. You got to knock them out. You take take the pride from them, take the desire to come out and play the game. You that's what you have to do. That's what great teams do. And unfortunately, Carolina's not there yet. You know, they they got a, they got an opportunity to become a great team. They win the Super Bowl, they become a great team. But you know, there's something that they learn from that. And uh, you know, because it was a total different. Uh, Panthers uh, football team in the first half, totally different Seattle Seahawks team in the second half. Absolutely, yeah, that was um, that was a very definitely, uh, yeah, the, just the the tale of two halves for sure. Um, and yeah, the, the the Panthers really didn't uh, play well in the second half at all. I mean, considering uh, they didn't even score and uh, they didn't you know, even show up. Gave up twenty four <laughs> points. Um, yeah, how do you? What do you think their mindset's going to be going into the game, Jerry? And uh, after after that performance, where they just really, um, you know, just had a terrible second half. I mean, you think that they're just going to try to erase that from their memories and 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 try to come out strong like they did oh, in the yeah, first half? I do because I know Coach Rivera from the times he played at Cal Berkeley and then he was on the Bears, and you know. And there's something special about that team, man. There's a unity that they have there. There's a family. There's a chemistry, whatever you want to call it. And they have gotten real honest with themselves, you know, as to what happened last week. And they're, trust me, they are extremely happy that they were lucky to get out of that. And I yeah. think uh, they're going to come out and, 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 and try to duplicate what they did last week. This weekend is what they're going to try to do the same thing. And if they get the opportunity, they know now you got to you got to put the pedal to the metal, baby. You got you got you got to take them out. You got to make sure it's over. And um, so it's, it'll be a bit, it'll be a different mindset. Uh, but what happens is the sad part of it when you do get a big lead like that, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, whatever it is. Your mind kind of floats, man. You you you're thirty one points up, and in one half, your mind, because we're all human, your mind will drift just a little bit. You start having a little bit of fun, and when you start trying to have a little bit of fun, you take away from what you did that got you to the thirty one and nothing lead. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And the other team, I mean, the Seattle Seahawks were embarrassed, man. That first half, they were totally embarrassed, and Pete Carroll's teams. They, his team, he showed a, they showed a whole lot to me, man. I have a lot of respect for the Seattle Seahawks because they didn't, they didn't fold. They kept fighting, man. And um, so I, I take my hat off to Seattle. And like I said, it's just one of those things where, where the Panthers got so far ahead that they kind of start thinking about some other things. And before they knew it, they were in a dog fight. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, you, you have to think that they're – their confidence is still high, particularly you know knocking off the, the Seahawks. Who, you know, a lot of people thought that you know the Seahawks were going to come out of the out of the NFC, and you know, having been the Super Bowl two years in a row, and and uh, you know they've really been a dominant team in the NFC, and I'm sure that that you know it was probably a matchup that they were a little bit nervous going into, um, just with their with their pedigree and everything. So just to, like you said, just to come out on top, get by. And uh, and move on. I think that's that's got to be a sense of relief for them. I think they're gonna, like you said, I think they'll come out pretty solid next next game. Well, see, and also, Mark, the thing of it is that all the teams that are playing this weekend, all the guys, they know we are one game away from the Super Bowl. <laughs> there is no yeah. bigger game to any of us 
The most important game is the one that's coming up. And in my experiences, you know, it's amazing that these, these conference championship games are sometimes better than Super Bowl games because mm-hmm. it, it just turns out that way. I mean, you know, I know a lot of them have been that way. As a matter of fact, when I played for the Philadelphia Eagles, when we went to Super Bowl 15, whoo, that's a long time ago, boy. Lord have mercy. But anyway, when we played the Super Bowl 15, we had we beat the Dallas Cowboys in, a, in the NFC championship game. And I tell you what, the experience of winning that game and being there in that atmosphere for the NFC championship game that we won didn't even come close to being at the Super Bowl. It was just it just seemed so different. It was something about that NFC, about that conference championship game that seemed, um, I'm not going to say better or higher or whatever it may be. There was something, there was more excitement for us in that game. And it showed the way we played in the Super Bowl too. But I just remember how well we played in that game compared to the way we played in Super Bowl 15. So this conference championship for everybody this weekend, man, it's, 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 it's everything, you know, it's like, you know what? You leave it all on the field today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Let's just take care of today, you know. And if it turns out to raise one, you know, in our favor, then God bless us. And if it doesn't, you know, make sure you leave everything, every ounce of energy that you have. And one thing you don't want to do, you don't want to make mistakes, the mental mistakes, the mental mistakes. You see guys that are wide open in these, you know, in the past week, and there's guys that are wide open catching passes like, Wait, where's the DB at? What's going on? Well, when you start making mental mistakes, that is what frustrates coaches more than anything. And it also frustrates your teammates because you spend so much time in the mental aspect of the game that when you make a mistake like that, man, you let not only yourself down, you let your team down. So, you know, these games right here, a lot of them are one of us, whoever makes the fewest amount of mental mistakes. And usually the team that makes a big play on the special teams, those are the teams are the ones that normally come out victorious because, as you know, the biggest chunk of yardage comes in special teams. I mean, you talk about changing a momentum or taking somebody's spirit out away from them. Let somebody return a kickoff 80, 90 yards or a punt return or a punt block or a field goal block. Those are the things to me, those are the little, they, they seem like little things to maybe most people, but when you're playing the game, those are the things that either get you up or really get you down real quickly. Yeah. yeah. So, so because we are, we talked about momentum here, um, we're going to go ahead and not take our last break, and we're just going to keep on going through to the end of, end of today's show. So just keep on well, going, guys. Perfect. You know, and Jerry, I wanted to – you know, it seems so crazy to me, like this um, this playoff season, it seems like I, I can't ever remember so many guys, like you said, just being wide open, just forgotten assignments. And I don't know if my memory just doesn't serve me well or or what, but it just seems like this year in particular, I mean, I can't remember so many guys just, uh, you know, the Pittsburgh game, you know, Pittsburgh-Denver game. It seemed like Pittsburgh had five or six times where guys were just, you know, breaking out wide open. And then Larry Fitzgerald in that Arizona game. I mean, it's just, I don't know, it just seems, uh, it seems a little crazy. So I think you're right about the, the mental aspect of the game. Hey, Mark, you're absolutely right. You know, I, I don't understand it either because I'm sitting, I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? I know for a fact that all week long, those, those plays where these guys are wide open, 
those are the plays that you've worked on. There's alerts and there's, you know, you, you go through your goals and your alerts and you're aware of past patterns and trees and combinations. You work it over and over again in practice and you get out there on national TV in a playoff game. And dude is wide open. I mean, these dudes were so wide open, James wouldn't have had a problem catching the pass. <laughs> oh, you better be careful <laughs> saying that. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, well, anyway. I do, I do have to give a shout-out to James, though, uh, if he's listening, um, because he uh, correctly predicted the, the, the final four teams in, the, uh, in each division, so or the final two, I should say. Um, and uh, as much as I tried to um, sell the fact that I thought one of the wildcard teams was going to uh, come up and bite somebody, uh, it uh, it stayed chalk, and uh, the you know the, the top two seeds won in each uh, division, and, and he predicted that correctly. So nice job, James. No, good job, James. Right on, brother. So let's talk about the last uh, division game. Let's talk about the Steelers at Broncos. Yeah, that was um, that was another game that was really down to the wire, and uh, kind of you know the, the the way the Broncos played kind of reminded me of the way uh, the Cardinals played a little bit. Yep. Just just it seemed like they were off a little bit on on offense. I mean, Manning, uh, I thought he played really well, um, but he just had you know he had four or five drops in, in really crucial situations on third down, and they just couldn't move the chains, and uh, you know we're just um, and, and to your point, Jerry, the special teams, I mean, Brandon McManus was, was money, man. Like I was, you know, made five field goals and, and he was just, uh, I mean, he was splitting it right down the middle every time and they needed every point, um, in that game. Uh, so that was a huge, uh, key to that game. And, you know, it seemed like they, they just were winning the field position battle. You know, they're pinning the, uh, the Steelers back deep and, um, they really just—they really had an all-around great uh, special teams game, so I think that really helped uh, the uh, the Broncos pull that off. But yeah, it just seemed like uh, uh, you know they, the Broncos have been kind of plagued with that all season long. Uh, just uh, particularly Demarius Thomas dropping a lot of balls, uh, Sanders dropped one, and, and um, yeah, they just uh, their defense played really solidly, uh, aside from a few. Uh, a few mental breaks, like we were talking about earlier, where they had guys kind of running wide open, uh, and the, you know the Broncos were able to, to shut down the running game. And yeah, it was a it was a good game. And uh, you know, I think uh, that game being in Denver really helped out a lot. Um, you know, the fans were really super loud, and uh, uh, yeah, they just um, they, they they pulled it out. And um, and uh, Roethlisberger, I, I mean, you would never have known that he was injured. Uh, at all, mm-hmm. uh, the way he played, I thought he played great, and uh, you know, just that whole the the whole lead up to the game about his shoulder and everything. I thought that was just a could have been a little bit of propaganda uh, to try to uh, gain a little bit of <laughs> mental know, edge. There. You know what, but, Mark? Uh, that, that's something, man. You know, you're right about that. I mean, uh, you know, the report on, on Big Ben was like the report they had on Gronk. I mean, you know, like similar. You know what I'm just saying? It made yeah. people feel like, oh, my God, these guys are sitting in the ICU board. Well, no, they weren't, but I got to hand it to Ben for coming up. But you know something about Peyton Manning? You're absolutely right about, especially in I mean, especially big games, you cannot be dropping passes that hit you in your hands. You're being paid millions of dollars 
to catch the ball. I can see if you had to dive for it a few times. But, you know, these receivers were dropping passes. The Peyton was throwing, hitting them right in their hands, and they were dropping. But every time someone dropped a pass, the camera would go directly to Peyton. And I remember the look on, on Peyton's face. He was calm. He didn't get rattled, man. And that right there says a whole lot about what that man means to that football team, man. You have Peyton Manning out there on the field, man. You know what? There's no greater person that you want out there in situations like that because his calmness, man, and, and he's held, he kept his team together because, I'm sorry, you, you start dropping passes, first downs, and this and that. I'm going to be a little bit upset with you. You know, that's why I don't, didn't play quarterback. But Peyton had a way of – he just has a way of, of keeping everything in perspective and keeping things in, 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 in control. And like you said, trust me, in Mile High Stadium, Boy, it's hard to breathe up in there in the first place, you know, and you don't want to be rushing the passer too many times, or you don't want to be chasing receivers all over the place because that altitude will get to you. I mean, that's no joke. You can't get ready for it in just two days. You need to be in Denver at least a week practicing, trying to get used to what's going on because they have a huge advantage in, in, in Mile High Stadium. Thank you. Oh, yeah. And, so you know, we have there about are, five or six minutes left on the show. Um, I'd like to kind of move forward with the conference championships coming this weekend. What okay. I'd like to do is, is let's talk about each team, and you guys tell me how each team could be beat. So let's talk about mm. the Patriots. How do you think they can get beat, if they can be beat? Uh, yeah, I think uh, just Tom Brady taking over the game, um, hitting <laughs> Gronkowski and Edelman uh, like they've been kind of doing, Amendola. Um, and and uh, something that uh, Jerry had alluded to earlier, it seems like out of all the teams that are left, uh, the, the Patriots are the least likely to lose the the mental battle. And to you know, it just seems like they're. I mean, just you know, looking back at the Super Bowl last year, you know that they had that uh, you know their sixth DB or whatever that guy came in and um, you know intercepted that pass at the end of the game, and it was something that they had. Yeah. Practice that you know that exact play before, yeah, and uh, you know they're just. I think for for the Patriots, you know it's just preparation, doing their thing, <clears throat> and having you know one of the best quarterbacks of all time, Tom Brady, at the helm. That's that's their winning formula. Yeah, I feel like this, but the Patriots. If you're going to beat the Patriots, you're going to have to you you're going to have to do something about Gronkowski. I mean, it's a, it's like a man against a boy up there. You know what? You're going to have to get something you got to do to disrupt it. No one's been able to do it yet. Or Amendola, or whoever whoever it is, you got to take away the, their passive threat. But you know what? I don't think it could be done. I really don't think it would be done because if it is done, trust me, Bill Belichick will have a remedy for it. So, you know, if the Patriots beat themselves, that's how that could happen. You know, mistakes, a turnover, an interception return for a touchdown, or something on the special team. So I just, uh, personally, I really don't feel that, uh, that that you can beat the Patriots this, this weekend. <laughs> okay. uh, what about the Broncos? How can they be beat? Um, <laughs> you know, just uh, like I was saying earlier, I think I probably just uh, answered your first question, but, uh, um, you know, having Tom Brady take over the game and just having, you know, I, I hope that the, the, the Broncos are able to, to, you know, they were able to run the ball a little bit against Pittsburgh. They kind of mixed it in a little bit to keep them honest. And I thought that was a big key in that game. You know, they moved the chains a little bit. 
and uh, we're able to kind of open things up in the passing game. You know, I think the, the way that the, the, the Broncos can be beat is if they, they become too one-dimensional and, and abandon the run early on. And, uh, you know, that's that's something that the Patriots are always trying to get you to, to be one-dimensional one way or the other. And uh, I could just uh, – I could see that being the case where they just, you know, abandon the run um, because the – you know, maybe the Patriots stack the box and feel like their their DBs can hang with the uh, receivers for Denver. Um, and uh, you know, I I think that uh, that's that's where Denver becomes vulnerable. It's just you know, becoming a pass only team and and kind of playing in right into the hands of the Patriots. Yeah, I agree with you. If, 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 if like you said, turn them into a one dimensional team. Make them throw the ball. Start sending pressure up that middle, man. Make Paige Manning run. Make him run out of there, and uh, because you know, to me, his, his health is still questionable. You know what I mean? You put the pressure on, on, on Peyton to make force them turnovers. Um, you know that that's not, but the pressure is what's going to be that 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 could beat the uh, Denver Broncos. Yep, very true. Yep. Speaking like a true linebacker, right? Yeah, apply the pressure. Let's go. Let's blitz them down. <laughs> let's go. Let's get okay, up at so three o'clock in the morning. How can they be beat? If, you know, um, if Carson Palmer plays the way he played this past week, they'll they'll be beaten. If you can shake and rattle him, then then you then you got something going on. Um, that's the only way that you can do. It. I, 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 you know what? This going that's going to be a great football game. That's going to be a really 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 good football game. And the Cardinals can be beaten if they play the way they played last week. I totally agree with you on that one. I mean, it's. Um, if Palmer comes out shaky and, and uh, um, just, you know, not uh, crisp like he, he was in the past game, it's going to be a long game for, for Arizona. Um, and, and the other thing I would say on that one is that they got to limit uh, the, the, the run game for, for, for uh, Carolina. If, um, if they get a run game together and if, you, if uh, Cam Newton starts to, you know, get outside the pocket and, and pick up some first downs on, on you know, third down and, on third down plays and kind of you know uh, you know third mid range type plays and just keeps moving the chains and I think that's gonna that's gonna definitely make for a, a long day for Arizona. That's a great point, Mark. <laughs> that's a, that's an awesome point. And, and the Panthers here, you know, if they just if how can they be beaten? I don't think I don't think they're gonna lose. <laughs> I'm gonna no. just put it like that. I don't. I don't. I don't think they're going. This is. I feel this is the Panthers' year. Cam Newton, in my opinion, is the MVP of the league. I mean, he's taking compared what the team did last year to what they're doing now. They're a much better football team. They play as a family. They all get together. They. They. You know what it is? They enjoy playing football. Absolutely. And you know, I was surprised that the, the Vegas only has them as a three-point favorite. So, like, what am I missing here? Because I'm, I'm with you, man. I think that, that the I think Carolina's going to win the game convincingly. I think it's going to be a, a, a great game. I mean, it seems like you know that the, when Carolina lost their game there towards the end of the season, they bounced back. They played so well the, the following game. I feel like this, they're going to do the same thing this time. You know, they played pretty poorly the second half of last game. And I think that's kind of going to be a wake up call, and I think they're going to come out guns blazing, and, and they're going to they're going to dominate that game. I agree with you, Mark. Once again, outstanding job, brother. You too, Chris, <laughs> and I hope you feel better, hon. Oh, man, Jerry, it's great having you on, man. Always oh, hey, you guys. Cool. It's always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to be on, and um, sorry it's been such a 
you know, it's been a while since I've been on, but there's just, you know, what it doesn't matter. What matters is that we're on today. I had a great time, you guys. Y'all be safe. Chris, I hope you feel better. Mark, you just keep being that walking encyclopedia of knowledge of football, period. College, pros, pop, one, it don't matter. You know a whole lot about the game, man, and it's a pleasure being on the show with you. Awesome, man. Likewise, buddy. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.